0: Was 2023 a good year for the Big 12 Conference? We discussed that on today's Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Like the video and subscribe to the channel, guys. We are all on our way to 13,000 subscribers. Help us get there. A subscription really does help. A like really helps and as do the comments been off this week. So I haven't been great about getting back to those comments, but I will be getting back to them. Um, Just made it back to Little Rock, Arkansas. So, uh, you know, glad to be back home. First thing I did was put the bag down. I took some notes when I was on the plane and in between flights about what I wanted to talk about today so we can get down to business. Follow us on Twitter at NWPod365 at Josh Neighbors underscore. Also, I guess it's called X now is uh, what we are officially referring uh, to Twitter as. Um, Yeah, and that's a place you guys can find us. Also, you can get this podcast wherever you all get your podcasts. But I just want to think about the last year. Like, was 2023 a good year for the Big 12? Because um, I I think it's an interesting question. Um, There's positives and negatives, and that's really what I, I boiled this thing down to. And I think about, you know, anytime you get to the end of a a time period like this, like you always have some, some personal reflection. Um, and and I've had a really, you know, odd and strange year as it's pertained to my professional work, uh, with my radio station, I moved on from Sirius XM, which I, you know, was a part of big 12 today, every day for essentially three years. Um, and then I moved to, to Little Rock, Arkansas, you know, I'd never been here in my life and started covering the hogs and everything else we cover here while also maintaining my big 12 podcast that I did for another network. And obviously if you all don't know what happened. Uh, I worked for another network. Bob Huggins had his situation and I played the comments that he made on an interview, uh, where he said a gay slur multiple times. I played the slur in its entirety. And I don't want to, Say any of the stuff. I just don't want to really relitigate, you know, everything like that. Uh, And the company said, we've got a zero tolerance policy for hate speech. I said, hey, I called out the hate speech. I said, I wouldn't want Huggins as my coach. This shows his age. This shows why I think there's some concerns about him as a leader. The company said, we don't care. No hate speech. And I said, all right, whatever. So I had to move on, Uh, you know, fired. It's the right way to put it right. And Thank God for the folks at 365 Sports who immediately extended an olive branch to me and gave me this opportunity to keep covering the conference that I love so much. And um, it's been a it's been a great journey. I mean, I got to go down to Big 12 Media Days with them and covering this the whole season, interacting with you all has been great and kind of seeing you all rediscover me has been fantastic. And I feel like they they just turned me loose and let me do my own thing. And I feel like I found a voice with my coverage and everything. I've also learned some valuable lessons about sometimes, hey, you might stand for some, but you got to keep your mouth shut no matter kind of where you are on the spectrum of things. Uh, you know, you just sometimes it's it's best to keep your mouth shut and and, uh, you know, think about what you are playing, what you're saying, whatever. But, you know, that's kind of what I think about like this year, like the ups and downs. I mean, this conference is saying goodbye to two pivotal members, Oklahoma and Texas. It said hello to four new members and it's going to welcome in more members. And so I think when I think about the year, let's start with the positives. Let, let's go with the good. Um, and I think it depends on your perspective on things. You know, I, I think there's some folks out there. I, I just said any day above the ground is a good day. And well, it's like, well, that's that's a one way to look at it. You know, we want to get more out of life. And a conference might want to get more out of being a conference. But if you think about the history of the Big 12 Conference and how many times that it feels like they've been pushed to the precipice, you know, Losing uh, teams like Oklahoma, or losing at losing Missouri and AM and and Colorado and Nebraska, losing Oklahoma and Texas, adding more schools, you know, beating the Pac-12 and adding those schools too, you know, it just it's been a wild ride. It's up and down, and so the fact that we're in a situation right now, we're talking about the Big 12 as the part of a Power Four moving forward to me is a very positive place just in general to be. Like, lo and behold, the, the conference did survive. They did make it through that ordeal. And uh, they are, you know, they're still standing now and they're going to be a part of things moving forward. It does not mean there's not challenges, but obviously, uh, you know, you're, you're still above ground. And I will say this too about them. Like you're part of what is going to be considered a power four, especially now that we know a five plus seven model is what is most is being recommended to the board, the college football board, and most likely going to be approved, right? Is that a five conference champions plus seven at large bids is what we are most likely going to see moving forward. The Big 12 is essentially going to be guaranteed a team in every single year, a seat at the table, you know, ticket to the dance, whatever metaphor you all want to use. The Big 12 gets to be a part of major college football moving forward. Um, you know, I think there's some concerns about hey, can they get two teams in every year? Will they be living in that area? You know, I think we look back a few years ago to the Baylor and Oklahoma State year, and you feel like, yeah, both teams would most likely make it last season as well. TCU and K-State, they would definitely both make it, right? But this year, obviously, Texas being the lone team that wins, you know, if you a situation like that, uh, Oklahoma State probably does not get in. And I doubt Oklahoma gets in because that strength of schedule was not fantastic a lot of their season being propped up by the texas win that's great but like what else do you have on your resume to show for um and that that once again that win is excellent but like it's not you know it's a neutral site game it's a rivalry game it's always close uh, but also you had the losses to oklahoma state and to kansas as well so what we thought was a pretty uh eh, schedule to start off with you weren't able to get a lot done in except for that texas win and so That would have been counted against them, and I doubt they would have made the 12, at least in my opinion. I doubt they would have made a 12-team field in the 5-plus-7 model. So the 5-plus-7 model, you know, I I think we're all concerned about how many SEC teams. You know, Big Ten teams, like, two would get in this I mean, I guess Penn State would get in, but, I mean, come on. Like, Penn State, two biggest games of the year, lost them both. We're going to have two lost teams. That's going to happen. But I need some teams to show me some things and some games you know, uh, if we're going to just put them in, you know, I use the Oregon example all the time. Like Oregon would most likely be in a big a, a college football playoff with 12, 12 teams. But the issue is here, two biggest games of the year, what'd they do? They did not do enough uh, in those two big games of the year. So like, I think that should be considered when we talk about, you know, schools, Hey, like Arizona, right. Arizona was in the pack. Yes. But once they made a quarterback change, like the version of the team that we saw now and this stuff, it's going to be quantified. The version of the team that we saw now finished at 13, I think it was a 14th, whatever. It might deserve some consideration to be in the field of 12. Things of that nature are going to be big, but I think to be a part of that five plus seven, essentially guaranteed, is very good. Um, also, too, adding more teams, right? Adding more schools is very important for the Big 12 Conference. Uh, the fact that we got the additions in this season, we got to see. Teams go to UCF and to BYU and to Cincinnati, right? Uh, you know, all of those places and uh, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, too, right? And they they did provide some pretty exciting moments uh, across the board, right? This season. And we had, obviously, you know, Cincinnati uh, had a rough one in football, but the, the moments that we got, you know, BYU pushing Oklahoma State to the precipice, you know, and then we saw BYU push Oklahoma to the very edge, too, right? No call doesn't go their way in uh, that game, but also like that game was really touch and go there. It was an exciting game, obviously, that we had that. You know, Houston and Texas was a very exciting game. Houston, wrong side of a call there, there as well, right? But they were able to be competitive. Uh, UCF and Oklahoma was a really exciting game, and obviously other games in between. But they, in some spots, did not look like they belonged. You know, I, they will belong eventually, but like they, I, I should say they looked like teams that were having their first year in the conference. And then also along the way, too, you had some moments uh, you know, where they looked, hey, like they they belonged right in them, you know, with everybody else. So that was exciting. And then you've got the fact that along with becoming part of the power four, you're gonna be adding more schools from the Pac-12. A big conversation, you know, was once the Big 12 stabilized, all right, is it Big 12 versus Pac-12? And the Pac-12 kind of thumbed their nose, at the Big 12. And the Big 12 jumped in line with a television deal, and then all of a sudden the walls began to close in on the pack 12 and things got a lot more challenging for them. And they try to save that thing at the last second, the big 10 stepped in the big 12 stepped in Colorado stepped out and other schools stepped out as well. And the big 12, this is part of that survival. I talked about the big 12 survived and advances as it pertains to being involved in major college athletics and being a player. And what happens, they, they, it, they took advantage of some misfortunes on the PAC 12 side and, and also made some of their own luck too, and put themselves in an advantageous spot where they are now going to welcome Arizona, a fantastic basketball brand, Arizona state, who we think should be better at football than they are, but might be with Kenny Dillingham. Just give them some time, right? Excuse me. Just give them some time. Utah obviously has been a, a school that has won back-to-back PAC 12 championships before this season. They were not fully healthy this year. We'll get to see potentially fully healthy Utah, in the league next season. So watch out, everyone, on that front. And also too, you're going to add Colorado, a school that's been here before, will rejoin the league, which in my opinion is exciting to have back. So you've added four schools that bring different things to the table that are additive just in the sense of hey, you're adding more schools, Uh, they've had some excellence, have had some success both recently and historically in a variety of sports. They add to the nationality of the conference, right? This is a truly national conference it is almost a sea to shining sea type proposition if you will but that is obviously something from a big big picture standpoint that is uh you know exciting and look i know it also was not i know it was not the team that we necessarily wanted to but the big 12 is back in the college ball playoff and as bad of a situation as it is to have ou and texas leave there is something positive to be said about getting to reap some of the rewards of having a team in there, you know, about having a team that went to the schedule and looks great because they went to the schedule and we'll see what they do. But Texas looks like they belong. Um, and once again, I made this point. If you look at it, like Texas did not have the success in this league that they should have had in football, but this year they looked like one of the best big 12 teams maybe better than last year's TCU team and maybe better than some of the Lincoln Riley teams that we saw at Oklahoma. And I'm saying recent memory, not comparing to Bob Stoops teams, but you know, at least since like, you know, last five years or so this might be the best team that we've seen come out of the big 12 conference. And so I think that deserves to get some credit and it's nice to see a big 12 team in there and look, they're going to be an SEC team. They're not right now. It's not an SEC team. They won the big 12 championship. They are a big 12 school. So Texas of the big 12 is going to be playing for a a national championship in the CFP, obviously. So it might be back to back years, the big 12 having a team in the championship game. We'll see. It it could be Texas. Um, You know, and so I I still think in some ways that is positive because that check will still clear. Now we have to get to the bad, right? We have to address the bad with the good. So Oklahoma and Texas have played their final football seasons in the conference. And here's the thing. We're mad at them. We don't love them, right? If you're a Big 12 fan, but you have to understand, hey, they're being offered a ton of money. So that makes a lot of sense that they would go. And also they've they've been very additive to the league. It's two massive brands. It's brought that brand recognition. Red River is an awesome game. It's an excellent game. Oklahoma Texas is a is a splendid rivalry. And I do hate to see them go. You know, I, I think at this point we're all like, all right, we want to want you out of here. We're tired of hearing about you. It's time to go, right? That everything's been signed. We're kind of all looking forward to the future at this point, but we we did get to say goodbye to them. And I'm glad we got a Red River Classic one more time as Big 12 schools. So that was nice to see. Um, what was not nice to see though was Texas win the Big 12. And mostly it's because of that narrative I talked about. I do not want to be in a world where the narrative is Oklahoma and Texas, you know, they just showed this year why they're a lot better. Like the recruiting level, yes, Texas, they did, but they recruited well, not this well, but like well before, and have not put it together. And last year's team, like an eight-win team in the end of the day, right? How good was that actually? You know, so so things like that have to be considered. We're talking about those schools and, and you know, like how much respect they deserve for their performances. Uh, but Texas, you know, winning the Big 12 after Brett Yormark said all that stuff. Yeah, I'll admit that was not fantastic. You didn't love to see that. Right, but they did win the league. We all have to acknowledge that. I will say this is a negative: no national basketball championship in hoops. You know why? Because the Big Twelve, and this is a credit to uh, us and them. I say as a league, I'm not, I'm not part of the league, but this is a credit to the Big Twelve conference. The league is so good now. The league is so good that we expect to win a championship every single year, and we should. And we f- should feel disappointed if a Big Twelve team does not cash check. Now, hey, could UConn end up being a, a, a future Big Twelve team? Definitely it's out there. It's a real possibility, but as it sits right now, a big 12 team did not win the national basketball championship this season. And so, Hey, that's a little bit of a loss. Can't win it every single year, but this league, I think expects to win championships. So, Hey, it's good and a bad there um, as well. I will say TCU's performance in football was difficult because it's a reminder and case days to some extent, but it's a reminder that the big 12 is having a lot of schools go in cycles and winning takes a long time. Clemsoning was a thing because Clemson just came up so- short so many times, but it's almost like you have to taste that failure to get to the point where you want to go. And the big 12 schools um, have tasted failure, but they've kind of rotated tasting the failure, right? One year it's Texas or excuse me, one year it's TCU and they beat Michigan. That's great. But you kind of want to see TCU get back to a closer spot or contend for a championship or at least, be in the Big 12 championship game, not miss a bowl game completely. And they're not the only school that's really struggled after a fantastic season. Once again, they didn't win the Big 12 championship, but the teams that have been in the Big 12 championship game over the last four seasons have not necessarily performed great the following season. Oklahoma had a really nice year back in 2021, but Oklahoma State ultimately knocked them out of the Big 12 championship game uh, Iowa state wasn't great that year either. I think it was a seven and five season. And then also you know, the next year, uh, Baylor and Oklahoma state were not that good. I think Baylor finishes what six and seven loses to air force. And then also Oklahoma state, they went seven and six. I forgot what it was in the end. Right. So not these awesome follow-up seasons. And then you had TCU and K state follow up their seasons, K state respectable eight and four and that's where they live, right? They're eight and 14. They can elevate um and then tcu five and seven just completely flat so we need more of the sustained success more of what utah has showed utah had a down year with albeit back, I was still a down year eight win season we need more of that from the top teams in the league and then finally the one thing also too is the gap is widening uh and this is not necessarily something the big 12 can control uh, unless they just go out and start winning everything so i guess in some ways they can control it but like the Big 12 needs to make sure the brands of their schools increase value. And they need to do it by winning Um, because the gap is widening between the haves and the have-nots. And the thing is, is that you know Indiana and Purdue and God love you, you're great schools, but like you, they get to be dragged along. Rutgers gets to be dragged along with some of those big brands, right? Uh, you know that they those schools going to be dragged along because of what Michigan, Ohio State, and schools like that bring to conferences. And so other teams get the benefit of being in conferences, <clears throat> excuse me, with those schools. The Big 12 schools do not have that luxury anymore. They have to make their own luck, make their own path. And so I do think there is some excitement in seeing what will happen that in the future. But also we have to acknowledge the gap there is widening. Schools like Texas Tech, though, have responded and are doing their best to make sure that gap does not grow in some places. And it's going to take a lot of investment from the fans, which it's tough. It kind of sucks. That's more on the fans. You wish that, you know, but that, that's kind of where it always falls, right? And the NIL situation at Texas Tech, Tech is great. And also, too, like Kansas, even Kansas, is a good example. Hey, they just landed one of their best recruiting classes ever. Is it top 25? No. But are they getting players other folks want? Yeah. And they're knocking down part of their stadium to rebuild the stadium. That's great. It's good to see. You know, talented players like Avery Johnson who could be the next big thing are in this conference. We've got good coaches as well. And and a big thing about the coaches is they maintain. I mean, there wasn't a single Big 12 job this year that had a coach poached, right? Dana Holgerson left. They replaced him with a guy in Willie Fritz who looks a lot like the guys, not saying physically, but like well, in some ways he, you know, he might say it does. But like, you know, Willie Fritz functions like some of the really good coaches in this league. And so that's exciting to see that a new coach has emerged in a situation like that. But the emphasis and the, you know, like like I'd say Kansas State, what we're seeing there right now. You know, that needs to be, it's, it's kind of a, a dull spot, you know, specifically speaking about that. Like that's a really difficult spot to be in, uh, you know, with what's happening in the basketball program and whatnot. And you just hope that it's not signaling to players and to, and to you know, basketball coaches potentially if Jerome Tang leaves that – there's not an effort and the care there about hoops. So you hope something like that gets rectified. You hope we get more cases of the investment that we're seeing in places like Iowa state and investment at Texas tech and the investment at KU investment in the coaches and all those things. We hope we continue to see that in this league because that's what this league needs to survive. You know, you survive first, then you get to thriving and hopefully those new schools as well, make the same investment. The ones we just added and the ones that we're going to add, now, there's some financial issues at some of those schools. Um, but like for West Virginia's sake, like, you know, schools like that matter. That's kind of the story of this conference. Like, Oklahoma states matter. West Virginia's matter. Man, it could have been a really dull, awful year all the way around for West Virginia. And hell yeah, Neil Brown for fighting and keeping things above board and making that happen. But also at the same time, we do acknowledge, hey, lost a Hall of Fame coach in Bob Huggins. He did not die, but we lost him on the sidelines because of mistakes that he made. Right as is life as is things go, Um, but yeah, like that's you know there are all these small moments in between that happen. Overall, I would say it's a positive year. Like I do take the not just above ground, but hey, the Pac-12 is gone and then the Big 12 is here, and I do think there's a benefit to that. And you are still a part of major college football if you have success over the next four or five years. You're and you're a healthy part of the CFP. That television contract next time around when you renegotiate is going to be healthier, I think a better deal because guess what? The TV networks will see also number one, there's one less conference and also the big 12 once again, offers games in every single time slot, Eastern, you know, early middle of the day, late in the day, nighttime, late at night, after dark, the big 12 is offerings in all time slots. And they, if they present a quality product can be once again, a really good part of a healthy college football diet. Um, And that's what drives the bus here. So You know, from a football standpoint, that's that's what the majority of this conversation is right now, you know, an up and down year, but like in terms of the health of the conference overall, ups, downs, but I would say it's pretty positive because everybody else kind of looking around. The Big 12 steadied the ship and we're looking at a power three right now, really power two plus one, but it's not the Big 12 we're talking about dropping. It's the ACC that could get a kick in the nuts. Uh, After the Big 12 survived their kicks in the nuts, we'll see if the ACC can as that court battle begins. All right, that will do it for today's show. We'll talk about Kansas tomorrow. The Jayhawks are playing their bowl game tonight against UNLV. We'll wrap up their season and we'll have more on the Big Twelve as a whole coming up tomorrow. Make sure you all follow us wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well, at Josh Neighbors underscore on Twitter, at NW 365 as well. All right, folks, talk to you tomorrow.